Kia ora e whanau. welcome back to the Back to Kura podcast with Ashley and Shiloh. Uh, we are here at Fitsu, the episode. Wow, kia ora, kia ora Shiloh. Kia ora, kia ora. How are you, Pehi Akwe? Ahua pai, ahua pai. Um, I'm doing good. Today was a good, uh, I guess, a good day today. We learned a lot about marae and tikanga which I thought was really interesting. And yeah, it's been a good day. Kei te pihia koe, Ashley. Kei te whai. Uh, we've got a special guest in on the podcast today, which we'll allude to in a minute. I just want to share a quick kōrero um, around the podcast and an awesome moment that happened for, for us, me, yesterday. Um, so after kura, I was walking into my car and some fellow was walking in there and he was like, Ashley. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm Ashley. And he goes, I'm literally here right now coming to Takiura because I listen to your, your and Charlotte's podcast all the time. And you've got, you guys have inspired me to come to Takiura. I'm literally walking to the reception right now to ask and inquire to come next year. And man, that hit me, eh? I was like, what? You're literally here? I didn't know the guy, never met the guy. We don't know him. And he was like, honestly, you guys just need to keep doing your co-papa like for someone on the outside um, listening to this to this podcast, to this taonga, it's just so special for me. And it really, he said it really inspires and helps him on his journey. And we get those messages all the time. Well, not all the time, but on social media. And, and it's awesome and we love to see them. But to actually meet someone face-to-face, kanohi kite kanohi, and to hear his whakaro around that was pretty pretty mean. So I just thought I'd, I'd share that before we get into our ep. Yeah, and also going along that too, we had uh, Fire Barbs just wanted to say big mihi to everyone that has reached out and said how inspiring her kōrero was and just talking to her, to her today and she said that, you know, there are times that she wants to give up still, but she said because she was on our podcast and because she opened her mouth, <laughs> her big mouth, she said now she can't give up because there's too many people following her now, she said, so it's it's given her, I think, that extra motivation, all, all of your messages and your aroha and love. So, nā mihi kia katoa katoa. And just know that Five Barbs is really appreciative of all, all the love. But today, we have a really special guest. And I've talked about Molly before. She was a rangatahi that um, is in our akomanga. And she's a beautiful wahine. And I'll get you to introduce yourself. Kia ora tfana. Um, ngā mihi korua. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I've been following this um, this podcast from the beginning. Now it's my turn to have a court at all. <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool, it's pretty cool. Um, but I, um, a little bit about me. Um, ko Tainui Te Waka, ko Maunga Tautare, ko Maunga Kawa Oku Maunga, ko Waikato Te Awa, ko Ngati Haua Te um, Iwi, ko Ngati Te Oro Te Hapu, ko Ranga Iti Te Marae, um, and ko Molly Toku Ingoa. Hi, my name's Molly. Um, yeah, stuck studying at um, Takiura this year with these guys, which is pretty cool. The reason that I really wanted to get Molly on the podcast is because I sat next to her and she had a, a, a really important kōrero about not feeling Māori enough. And she talked a little more. Well, first of all, Molly is only 21, so she's a rangatahi. But she talked a lot about those feelings and things like that. So before we get into that, though, Molly... Maybe tell us why you decided Aye. to come to Takiura. I, why? Oh my gosh, there's like a thousand and one reasons. I think it's kind of hard to narrow it down. Um, why? I'd probably say 
Um, the first and most important thing is my whanau. Um, I, you know, as I said before, I've got Māori whakapapa, I come from Tainui, um, but growing up I really have had no connection to my whanau, I've really had no connection to my marae, to um, anything to do really with te ao Māori. Um, I grew up in Whangmata, which um, if you know it's a very small um, beach town in the Coromandel and it's a beautiful place, beautiful place, I'm so lucky to have grown up there. Um, is it really white? If, oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, just the, No, that, there's, yeah. oh gosh, there's literally maybe about three races in the whole of Whangamata. And it's like, you know, in my class it's white, 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 maybe one Māori, white, 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 maybe a couple of Māori. Um, so I guess I just grew up in a very, you know, predominantly Pākehā environment, which was normal. And I am grateful for my upbringing because I, you know, I'm close to my whanau on my dad's side and it was, um, it was a beautiful, beautiful place to grow up. But yeah, now that I'm, I've left home and I'm, I'm living in Auckland now, it's like far out. I'm kind of asking myself the question of actually who am I? Um, and after I finished school, after I um, moved out of Whangamata, I came up to Auckland to study a Bachelor of Education at um, AUT. But throughout the whole three years, I loved it. I loved teaching. I loved tamariki. Um, but throughout the whole three years, it just felt like there was something missing. And um, I didn't really know what it was. Um, I was kind of like just going along like oh yeah this is cool I started it I should finish it I don't want to drop out but um, and I did I just graduated a few weeks ago actually congratulations um, yeah, it was yeah pretty we had a little cool. celebration in I, the Akumanga. I had had some cheered kai which was pretty cool um, but yeah it just always felt like something was missing and I didn't know what it was until probably about this time last year I just out of nowhere it was actually over lockdown I remember this moment so vividly I was just sitting there and all of a sudden the thought just hit me and it was like, who actually are you? You know, you, you, you know your whanau on, on half of, you know, half of your whanau, but where's the rest of your whanau? You don't know a whole part of yourself that you don't actually know. And, um, and at the beginning I kind of felt like guilty almost. I was like, oh gosh, I don't even know who I am. I can't even speak my own deal, you know, um, all those tanifas. Um, and as I kind of sat on it and thought about it and I was like, man, that what I can do right now to make a change to the situation is to learn to do and to actually step into um, an immersion environment. So that's what I did. Um, I am doing it for my whanau so that I can bring my whanau along um, in the journey um, for my future tamariki, way in the future, um, for future mokopuna. Um, I, I'd say there's a lot of reasons, but whanau is number one. And how have you found it so far? Oh being my immersed? god! Yeah. <laughs> Holy heck, man! I'm tired, eh? I'm so tired. Like, I went straight from school to uni to here, so I've been, I guess, learning my whole life. But this kind of learning, this kind of immersion environment, is different, eh? It's, um, yeah, it's hard. Um, I feel like I started the f- the first few weeks. I was real energetic. I was like, yeah, <laughs> sounds like someone. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got this. I, like, full of energy. I'd be like, can't wait to go to Kuda. Lockdown would happen and we'd all be, like, crying. Like, no, we need to go back. Now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I need another lockdown. I need a break, eh? When's the next lockdown? It's, um, yeah, it's, the mahi is a lot because you're just constantly learning all day, every day, new words, new sentences, new um, whakaro, but I love it. It's it's hard, but it's rewarding at the same time. Mm. Today we were learning about 
protocol tikanga mm. kawa around marais and at the start of our corridor mm. you mentioned that you know you didn't have a connection to your marae and that mm. how was how was learning about these things and kind of not having an idea of mm. your marae or where aye. you're from like does it kind of is it confronting i um yeah like as as we were saying we were just learning about um tikanga around marae just before in class and um we all went around and kind of shared a little bit about what's a specific tikanga for our marae or our iwi and when it got to me i was like I don't know. I literally cannot think of one thing that is maybe specific to my iwi or my whanau. I don't know. And I said that. I was like, oh, well, I'm not sure. And then it kind of went around and everyone was sharing. And I was like, far out. How is that, eh? I, um, I, I don't know anything. I don't know. I can't tell you one thing about my marae that is, you know, specific to the way that it works or tikanga about it. So, yeah, it's confronting. I'm trying to not get discouraged but use it as encouragement to start learning but it's definitely a battle to kind of push away the feelings of like whakama and embarrassment and using it to actually go out and learn. Um, so it is a battle, I think, but we're getting there. It's a journey. Are you able to kind of share your first mm. experience? Like aye, aye. Um, so my marae waharoa in um, Rangiti in, in uh, Matamata, I've been there once. That was for um, a tangi for my kuia. Um, and so, so my Māori whānau comes from my mum's side and um, as I said before, I don't really know any of my whānau. I could probably count on one hand the names that I know on that side of my whānau. Um, so when my nana passed away, this was a few, this was five years ago maybe. Um, to be honest, at the time I didn't really think much of it. Um, it was kind of just like, oh, okay, yep, we'll go, I'll go with my whānau, we'll go to this tangi, we'll go to this funeral. Um, but now, five years later, looking back, I'm like, holy heck, I know if I went back to that marae now, it would be such a different experience because I'm so involved and I'm so um, engaged and wanting to learn that um, it would be a whole different experience. And so, although at the time, I didn't really realise how significant it was, but I think the passing of my nana, um, it kind of kick-started something within me that I didn't actually know at the time and within my mum as well, which is cool. But, you know, the thing is, like, when, when whānau pass on and when whānau pass away and, and, and you didn't know them, with them goes their wisdom. With them goes their stories. With them goes your whakapapa, really. Um, and I know, I know I'm still Māori and I know that, that I've got that within me, but I'm, like, now looking back, I'm like, far out. I never even thought to court it all with my kuya. I never even thought to ask questions, oh, what was it like for you growing up? Because I just took it for granted, I think. Um, so... Yeah, at the time I didn't think much of it, but now looking back, I'm like far out. I um, I want to go back to my marae. I want to invest. I want to learn because I haven't in the past, um, and I think it's time to now. And also, what's quite special Aye. is that you are the first in your whānau, now Aye. that your nana has passed to Aye. start learning te reo Māori and to bring that back into your whānau. I mm-hmm. um, yeah, as Charlotte said, I'll be the first um, te reo speaker in a few generations. I actually couldn't tell you anyone, I don't know anyone in my whānau that speaks te reo. I'm sure there's some cousins somewhere that does, but I don't know them. So it's a huge step for me, um, for myself, but for my whānau. I've got four siblings, I'm in the middle, middle of five. And um, yeah, I'll be the first one to speak te reo. And it's cool because over the past few weeks I've been messaging them and just chucking a little kupu here and there and um, just bringing it into our whānau because it's just, it's not been there in the past. It's really not. And um, so taking the step 
is huge for my whanau. Um, I call my mum sometimes and I'll just be crying. I'm like, this is so hard, but I love it. And it's, and it's purposeful and it's meaningful. And I think for me, um, just the, the, the feeling of having purpose and of really knowing and discovering that part of myself that I haven't known before is, um, it's, it's crazy, eh? Like, I don't know if you guys find that as well, but it's like just opening up this whole other part of who I am that I haven't known before. Um, yeah, it is. It's confronting and it's kind of scary, but it's cool. It's real cool. Yeah, for me, it's a bit of an identity thing. Mm. You know, and it's so oh. it's so insane to be coming up to 30 mm. and feeling like mm. I didn't know who I was, Aye. you know, 20, 25, 28, 20, 29 years later mm. or 29 years before. It's like, mm. what? Mm. But when you actually put yourself in the situation and you actually dive mm. deep and try and find out who you are, mm. It unlocks this different part to you. Yeah. You're growing as a person. You get more confident in mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. It might feel hard and it might feel confusing and sad and just all of these different things every day, but it's still growing your confidence mm. as mm. a Māori. Aye. And I know that one of your – it's actually insane how similar our journeys are. Mm. Everything that you're saying now, I'm mm. like, oh, my gosh, really, really similar to my mm. life, my whānau. Aye. None of my whānau that I know of can speak Māori. You know, I'm the first one, or me and my mum at the same time, coming to learn, which is special. So I really resonate with your story. Mm. One of the tanifas that you talk about, which, again, I Mm. felt as well, Mm. is not being Māori enough. Mm. And that's a big one. What's your sort of whakaaro on that? And and tell us a bit more about it. I, not being Māori enough. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a tanifa that I battle with. And I'm definitely battling with it right now as I step into, you know, into learning to do and into an immersion environment. Um, but for me, I think it's it's kind of funny. Like, if if you've seen me and you know me, you know that I'm, like, the whitest Māori there ever is, like, super white. <laughs> and I've, you know, lived a pretty white life, so it's, like, that's all I know. But then you look at my brother, same parents, same blood, same whānau, same cousins, same aunties. He's, he's my blood brother. You look at him and straight away you know that he's Māori. You look at him and you can tell, um, oh, yep, yeah. and you don't really question it. It's like, okay, yeah, he's Māori, cool. Whereas for me, um, my experiences in life have been very different from his because of that. You know, there have been quite a few people actually, even some of my own whānau who have kind of looked at me a bit funny when I've told them what I'm doing this year, when I've told them that I want to learn to do, they've kind of been like, oh, you? You want to learn? And I'm like, yeah, like, and they're like, oh, I didn't know you were Māori. Like, some people from work have said that to me. Man, I didn't even know. Far out, that's crazy. Real surprised by it. And, like, that's there's nothing wrong with that because, I mean, to look at me, you wouldn't even know that. But it definitely has built a lot of um, whakama inside of me and a lot of um, just almost this feeling of unworthiness because I know, you know, for my brother, he's had to go through a lot of things that I've never had to go through. You know, as I said, same whānau, same everything, grew up in the same town, but his experiences are so different to mine. Like I, there's been many times where he's been stopped by the cops and asked all these dodgy questions and I've never had that. So for me to now, at the age of 21, to step into an immersion environment and to kind of put my hand up and say, yeah, I'm Māori, I'm claiming this, I almost get the feeling that people are like, oh, well, do you really deserve to claim that? Because you've never had to go through those things before. And even being so disconnected from my marae and from my whanau, I have never firsthand seen actually the pain of what it is like to lose land and to, you know, I've heard the stories, I've heard, but I've never experienced it. And so 
um, it's kind of like far out. Like I battle with this every day. Like, do you deserve? Do you deserve to claim to be Māori? You haven't. You haven't endured most of the injustices that most Māori have faced. But you know, as I'm battling that tanifa, I also know that if you are Māori and you have Māori whakapapa, that you are Māori. And you know, I heard this quoted all from this guy once. Um, he's a pastor actually in um, in Kirikiriroa in Hamilton. And um, he's an awesome dude. He's a Pākehā dude, but he um, he is really invested into te ao Māori and, and, and um, investing in um, te reo Māori. And he told the story once of his mate, his Korean mate, who um, lives in New Zealand. He's lived in New Zealand his whole life. And for him, his mate, whenever he is engaged in a haka, whenever he is engaged in a waiata, whenever he is engaged in anything to do with te reo Māori, he feels the most Korean that he ever has. And this dude, Aaron, was like, hey, like, how does that work? Like, how, I don't really see the connection. And he's like, it's, it makes sense because when, he, when this guy, when this Korean dude is engaging in the very first story that took place here in New Zealand, then his story can take its rightful place because he knows where he comes into the picture. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's almost like if you think of it like a, um, what are those, those block games that you like build Tetris. up? Tetris. No, it's oh. like a, oh, Jenga? Jenga. No, Jenga. Jenga. Aye, Jenga. Jenga. Aye, aye, Jenga. So if you think of, you think of, you know, the history of New Zealand as a pile of Jenga blocks, if you don't know the first story, if you don't know the Vera Foundation, how is your story supposed to fit on top? If you don't know how your story came to be where it is today, how, how are you meant to balance? How are you meant to fit and know who you are? And so it's not a question of whether you're Māori enough, whether you have Māori whakapapa or you don't. It's actually, if you're a Kiwi, if you live in New Zealand, if you call Aotearoa your home, it doesn't matter where you come from, you know, it's important to know the land that you stand on. And once you know that, once you can take hold of that, um, then your story can take its rightful place. And you don't have to feel guilty, you don't have to feel whakamai, you don't have to feel any of those things because you're honouring what happened here first. You're, you're honouring the language, you're honouring... Um, tangata whenua, and so therefore your story can sit on top today and, and take its rightful place. Does that make sense? Yeah. Aye. So when I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay. I need and, a... And one's <laughs> kupu ho. <laughs> <laughs> this is a kupu that we learned today. Aye. To our papa. And that is foundations. Aye. Build your foundations. Aye. And if you don't have a solid foundation and if you haven't built those foundations... Mm. Like what we, I feel like what we are doing now is building our foundations mm. of our Aye. identity and who we are as people. Mm. If you don't have those things, mm. you're going to crumble. You know, mm. your house is going to be built on uh. wobbly ground, Aye. wobbly papa. Mm. So Aye. having a strong tu- tu our papa mm. is important. Mm. And that's adding to that jingle block. You know, Aye. if your jingle block's all good at the top, but Aye. your tu, pap- tu our papa's not good. <laughs> it's going to fall over. Aye. Eventually. Aye. 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 Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I loved that quote it all because it not only kind of relieves the, the guilt and the, oh my gosh, I'm not Māori enough, that feeling, but it's like anyone can learn. Anyone who wants to learn can learn. It's not just about uplifting Māori, while it definitely is, and, and we're doing that and learning and uplifting our own families. It's every Kiwi in New Zealand, if you want to learn, that's not only going to help Māori, but it's going to help you to know your place in New Zealand today. It's going to help you to know where you fit in this whole puzzle. Um, so I think that is really important to remember. Mm. Molly, I think your whakaro is just so important, mm. you know, especially I think m- m- most Māori who haven't felt connected to um, our culture have always felt like maybe they're not good enough. Mm. And I know that I have definitely, mm. even though, you know, like 
I haven't had the same experiences mm. as you. I have felt when I've been out in the world that I've, oh, I'm not good enough mm. because I can't do the karakia uh. when someone asks, oh, can you do the karakia uh. or can you do this? And, uh. oh, no, I can't. Mm. But then when you go into the Māori world, you don't feel good enough either and it's mm. sort of like the in-between world. Like, uh, where yeah. do I fit in? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then it's sort of like 100%. lost. Mm. But what's really cool, I think, about your whakaro is that, you know, we, all of us here at Takuura, like the Māori anyway, mm. we're all on similar journeys. We've all had such Aye. similar experiences. And we only had five barbs on last week, mm-hmm. and she's 69 kuia. But even some of your whakaro sounds like her whakaro. Mm. But, you know, she's 69 mm. and you're 21. Mm. And so you, you kind of represent, like, the new generation of mm. reclaiming back te reo Māori into into your whānau and I think mm. that's so cool but what I was going to ask you is mm. you know how has your been how has your experiences been like at Taku like do you feel like it's like more of a safe space to be mm. Māori like do you still have that tanifa being here feels like a whānau eh um when I when I first started applying and I first started researching and I was calling people and messaging all my anyone that I knew who might know where's a good place to study Everyone said Takuta. Everyone said Takuta. They said it's the best place to go. You need to go there. So I started looking into it and um, I kind of looked at the outline of the year and how it's fully, you know, you're immersed in the language. And I was like, oh, nah, <laughs> that sounds so scary. I was like, I'm not going to fit in there. Here's me, my little English speaking white ass. Like, I'm not going to fit in there. I was like, oh, that sounds scary. But then on the other hand, I was like, that's the only way I'm actually going to learn. You know, I was doing like some night classes here and there, but I I wasn't ever actually, it wasn't sticking. It wasn't sticking. Um, So when I started looking into it, I was like, oh, I was so scared. I just applied anyway because I was like, you know what, if if I, you know, I was on the waiting list and if I get offered a place, then surely it's meant to be. Um, So when she called me, when Fire Lucy, the... um, the one of the fires here um when she called me and and she was like oh we've got a place for you we've got a place for you I just like sat there and thought for 30 minutes I was like oh am I really gonna do this like holy heck um but I here we are and I think um first day I turned up um to the porphyry and to be honest instantly I was like oh my gosh I don't fit in oh my gosh, here's all these people with their um, beautiful um, moko and their beautiful massive ponamu and all these tonga and they're all speaking te reo and they're all, you know, and I was like, I don't fit in. How the heck am I going to do this for a whole year? But, you know, gave it some time and here we are week week eight and um, it feels like a whānau. Our akomanga is so supportive. Um, we uplift each other. We help each other. We cry together we laugh together every day um and so because of that I feel so much more comfortable being here um there's still you know there's still some tanifa that I'm battling and I think it will be a journey that I will always be you know I'm always going on but it it feels like a family um yeah we really do uplift each other and I think that's what encourages us to keep learning to keep pursuing even when we're feeling scared even when we're feeling whakama we know that our mates are going to help us and so because of that you know we'll carry on um, so yeah, I swear every week gets harder, but <laughs> take care. <laughs> every week I'm like, oh yeah, I got this. Oh wait, nah, I do not got this. I swear we say this all the time. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're learning yeah, yeah, and editing, yeah. and you're like, yeah, yeah, I got this, yeah. I got this. Next week they say something that's like um, complete opposite of what you learned oh, last week. Like, um, like this morning we went over one of the editing that we learned like the first week, and my brain just went oh blank. Gosh, I was yes. like, wait, <laughs> how do we do this again? I forgot what the heck? everything. Yeah, but kete pai. What are what is one of your well what is what are some or what is the most important goal for you mm. this year? Like what are you what are you looking forward to? What's that moment? 
I want to be able to get up and confidently I to be honest like I don't have any crazy big goals I mean I want to be able to court it all for sure um but if I could stand up in front of our akumanga the the whakapuaki that we have at the end of the year if I can get up and I can court it all to everyone and I can feel confident enough to get up and court it all I will be so happy like to be confident enough to be able to stand up and to actually back myself because I think I've um kind of you know, leaned on other people my whole life and I've always been a bit fuckamar of my own story and my own all that I just won't use it. You know, the little deal that I have, that I do know, I'd never use it because I didn't trust myself. So I think having enough confidence and enough courage to trust myself, to stand up and actually just support it all, I think that would be a huge breakthrough for me to be able to court it all with my mum one day. That would be, that would be amazing. So yeah, just having the confidence to back myself and to trust my own corridor, to trust my own story and to know that, you know, even if it's not all right, even if it's not all ticket, just corridor anyway. Um, I, yeah, that would be cool. It's beautiful. Something that I want to do is weave all of this learning and all of this matauranga that we get gaining every mm. day here mm. into what I do moving forward. Mm. Right, so you've Aye. done a teaching degree, Aye. you've got your degree, Aye. you're a smart Māori, <laughs> <laughs> but now you're building your the identity of your your Māori side, Aye. right, your Māori identity. Is there something in the future for you that you want to weave mm. both both of your sides in together? Aye. Because another corridor mm. for me is, you know, we talk about being Pākehā, we talk about Pākehā doing this and Pākehā doing that. Mm. I'm not ashamed of my Pākehā mm. side. Aye. If Aye. anything, I'm like, I'm proud mm. to be Pākehā, I'm proud mm. to be Māori, mm. because as much as we haven't felt okay in both spaces mm. and I feel that kōrero, mm. once we get confident in our ability mm. to kōrero Māori, Aye. to kōrero Pākehā, we walk in both worlds. Mm. Which and is that's actually, special. it's a tonga, it's right? tonga. Yeah. We're a weapon. Aye. Aye. Honest. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> Aye. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yes, yeah, so I've done my teaching degree, so I'd, I'd love to teach in a kūrakaupapa one day. That would be awesome. Um, I did have, actually, um, a couple of months ago, I had a lady had a like a word for me. She was praying for me one time and she had this word for me um, that basically she saw me standing in front of um, a crowd of people, in front of heaps of people, and that um, she didn't know what it was I was doing. She didn't know what it was exactly that I was telling them or, or caught it, um, you know, saying to them. Um, but she said that um, once I got up there and I, and I just knew who I was, once I had the fullness of who I was, that those people were going to not respect me, but they were going to, kind of be able to listen and to follow and to um to understand because I knew who I was therefore they could know who they are and I'm really holding on to that because I don't really know what that means for me yet um I don't know what that looks like um but I know that in me discovering myself and who I am um I'll be able to help others into discovering who they are as well so yeah teaching in a kūrakaupapa um teaching in a Māori environment will be epic and I'll definitely do that for the next few years um, but I do feel like there's something down the track. There's something more. I don't know what it is yet. I don't know what it is yet, but I feel like there's something more. Oh, Bro, we'll I'm, see. I'm, I'm, pull, I'm pulling your face because I'm like, it's so weird. I feel like everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, I've had this. I've had this. Oh, I've had this. Talk to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, myself is going to be all good. <laughs> and I'm in awe because I'm like, wow, I'm only uh, only 21. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, I need to oh, like, get my oh. life together. <laughs> No, get the bike, get the bike. more jealous. Oh, Carl. No, but yeah. I don't know what that is yet, but we'll see. We'll see. And stay true to that. Remember that. Mm. Call it all. Remember that mm. in that story because 
That's pretty special. As soon as she said it, I wrote it down. I was like, oh my gosh, and put this on my wall. Can't forget it. Can't forget it. Mm. I'll, I'll share. I'll share a pudaku. Yeah. Um, I had a similar story, but mine was last week. Hey. Hi. So we've got a um, a wahine in our kura. Her name's Simone, and she's very um. I don't know what her mahi is. Like it's it's like meditation, um, holistic, holistic wellness, wellness. Aye. Aye. just one of, you know just Aye. beautiful, Aye. really like grounded. Mm. Marito is the perfect word for her. And um, one day she got up and she did a panu in kura, and she goes, "Oh, akumanga, akumanga." And she said, oh, you know, I know how to do Reiki, so I'm offering it to our class. If you want to do Reiki, you know, put your name on the board and, and I'll do it on you. Uh, okay. We've, I think Charlo's done it. Charlo's done, done it. Twice. Yeah, done it twice. Wait, how to Reiki? What's yeah, Reiki? Exactly. I've exactly. never heard like, that in my life. Never. Don't know what Reiki is. <laughs> it, it, so she kind of, like, puts her hands on your... Actually, <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> Well, okay. She she puts her hands like on your shoulders, on your head, and she sort of like um, helps your energy mm. flow, sort of thing. Gives you sort of like fakado, mm. like she's just in tune. Oh, I would highly recommend you do it because oh. it's a free resource. Oh. Um, free being the most <laughs> yeah, important. Um, no, no, no. No, jokes, jokes. But um, yeah, she pretty much just susses your waidua and she mm. fills you out and she just like grounds you. And, mm. and uh, I don't know exactly what happens, but yeah, she puts your hands on you, like mm. fills you out. You go for about 25 minutes. And after the whole experience, I didn't know what was happening. She was like, I'm going to do this. I'm, gonna do I'm like, you do what you need to do. I'm going to put these headphones on and vibe out. Sweet yeah. as. Finished the Reiki, and she was like, how'd you find it? And I was like, oh, yeah, me and loved it. It was like a meditation, really grounded myself, uh, 25 minutes, just to be me, be myself. And then she was like, oh, what I saw. I was so, I was like, whoa. <laughs> she was like, oh, what, you saw something? Oh, okay, <laughs> oh my, oh my. Um, and she was like, "At the in the first half of the Reiki, I saw you as a young baby, and you were wrapped up in Kaya's fur. And Kaya is like a, like a spirit. I think it might be where Eskimos come from, mm. maybe Native American, but she's a white wolf and she represents nurture and care and love. So I was a baby wrapped up in Kaya's fur and Kaya was walking around me, protecting mm. me, nurturing me, helping me to grow. And then in the second half of the Reiki, she said that I like shed that skin and I grew up into a man and I was a strong man and I was running towards my destiny or my purpose, my meaning in life. And... She specifically said you were so focused, you didn't look left, mm. you didn't look right, you were just you completely, you knew where you were going, you knew where you were going, you were running towards it. And the really cool thing about, like, to wrap up that was she said behind me she could see, like, all the people that support me on my journey mm. and all the people that love me and they were pushing me towards Aye. my goal as well. Wow. I'll take that. Oh, I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Nah. But yeah, it was a real sort of Aye. one of those moments for me to be in a space with someone else and for them to tell you that or to share that, yeah. uh, like their yeah. facade on it without mm. even you sharing things like that was pretty crazy. Mm. I think that kind of shows that I guess significance doesn't really come with the amount of mahi that you do or the amount that you achieve in your life, but it's actually just knowing who you are. And knowing your place. And as soon as you know that, it's like, man, you will achieve great things. Um, and I think that's evident in everyone in our akumanga. Everyone, as we're learning about ourselves and we're learning about who we are, that's when we truly feel purpose and we truly feel significance because we're, we're being who we were created to be, you know. 
Um, so I feel like at those those kind of corridors like far really really emphasizes that. Um, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, mm. and something that stood out in your story, Ashley, was the, the people behind you supporting mm. you. And I was like, oh, uh, who are these people? Who are these people behind us? Korua. <laughs> <laughs> you two. <laughs> us two. Yeah, but also like our tūpuna, mm. right? Or like behind uh. us supporting us. And you, know, you spoke about your nana, mm. um, Molly, passing away mm. as the last one in your whānau. And mm. you've told me this previously that she wasn't really connected to her nah, Māori side. Yeah, not at all. But, I, but you know, like, I'm sure she's here with you oh, on yeah. this journey and have yeah. you felt that along Yeah, the way? definitely. Um, I mean, it, for my mum as well, um, for her to now step into this journey after her mum never was engaged with it, it's, it's huge. Um, but I know that, I know I'm here for a reason and I know that I'm, this is the time now for me to start engaging in, in my in my Māori whakapapa and... Although I never engaged really in those conversations with my with my kuia or with my my grandparents, I know that they're supporting me one hundred percent. You know, because we're not a product of ourselves; we're a product of the generations before us. And so, um, everything that has happened up until this point is, you know, because of where I came from and because of my supuna. So, one hundred percent, definitely. Why do you think your nana, um, you know, didn't really mm. talk about her Maori side? Oh man, there's. I think there's a lot of stuff to unpack there that I actually don't really know um but I, I don't know if she had bad experiences with her whānau I don't know if she just really just wanted to be disengaged from it I don't know but she completely disengaged from it um you know sent her kids to Dio and my mum went to Dio and completely disengaged from it um I don't know the complete story behind that um I think there just might have been some stuff with some whānau um, but it's crazy how that has now affected, you know, mm. if, the, if that had have been different, I'm sure, you know, me and all my siblings would be speaking to Dil. Um, but again, everything happens for a reason and I know um, I know it happened for a reason. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how much it affects future yeah. generations, eh? So for us stepping up now, you know, I'm sure in a few generations' time, they'll be looking back and saying, man, I'm so glad my kuya, my kuraua, you know, learnt it for me on my behalf. Um, I... Just so that, like totoko, I, I feel like you don't have to be at Takeyota mm. to be reclaiming because right. we get mm. a lot of uh, messages saying, oh, I've just started mm. learning te Māori or mm. I'm doing part-time and that's so cool. Like Aye. wherever you are Aye. or whatever you're able to do right now, that's all you need is Aye. the desire to start. But mm. just koa, if I could ma Māori, don't be shy and just start. Mm. And wherever you are, your tūpuna will meet you where you are mm. and guide you along the way. Just mm. plant the seeds mm. and begin. And yeah, I mean, we're just really grateful to be here mm-hmm. in full immersion. Yeah, that's the thing, eh? Definitely. Like, not every Māori gets the opportunity to take a year off work. To so many people wouldn't be able to afford to do this to take a year off out of their career and to to do this. So it's hard, but we are very lucky um, in a way that we can do this because many Māori, I'm sure, want to but can't, or many people want to but you know probably can't. So um, yeah, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, like. Just like as um, Shiloh said, plant a seed and just start one kupu at a time. Even if you just learn one kupu a day, pie, that's mean as. And just use it. Don't be fakama. I think that's the hugest thing, eh? People are just fakama. I'm fakama. Yeah. I was. I have been my whole life. Like Me too. Even uh, Honestly, even just to say kia ora to people, I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know why. It's such. It's a weird stigma that needs to be broken because we need to normalise it and we need to use it. So... One kupu a day, whatever it is for you, you don't have to be in an immersion environment to feel like you're reclaiming because um, the journey's different for everyone. Kia ora. <laughs> Kia ora. <laughs> Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora.
<laughs> and I just want to end on this corridor. Was it this week or last week? We were in um, in the morning meeting in the hui, and the Tane was singing the song. I'm proud to be. My oh, I, How does I, that one go again? Yeah, um, Oh man, I forgot. <laughs> oh, uh, but something. I'm proud to be Māori. Something, something like that. We were all singing, like uh, maybe like a hundred of us, all singing, like I'm proud to be Māori. Mm. I'm proud to be Māori. And my heart was like bursting. Mm. It was like that eating that you just see the pinching of the heart. Mm. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud to be Māori. And I've mm. never been in a place where we're all singing together mm. in unison, like mm. in a proud, like proud to be Māori mm. in a such a safe, spiritual, mm. uplifting mm. place, and it was just beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Any last um, kōrero that you want to um, say? Carl, um, ngā mihi kōrua for having me. Um, I I love the kōreros. I love, this is what it's all about, eh, is just chatting and, and sharing and um, and reaching out to people and, and, you know, it's all part of the learning process. So, I ngā mihi. Ngā mihi, mm. Molly. <laughs> ngā mihi for your kōrero. his eyes were popping out. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I like, said it oh, wrong. I'm going to learn a new thing. And then you're like, is it right? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Kakite. Kakite. Kakite.